welcome to TBD with John and Aaron. My name is John. And I am Aaron. And we're here with a special little episode today, not focused so much on uh, these long questions that take us throughout many different aspects of our day-to-day life, but looking at some of the really kind of core questions that underpin all other questions. That's right. Yeah. We sort of thought we'd change tact, tack, change tack like a nimble racing yacht huh. and, uh, <laughs> and look at uh, some, some smaller episodes and some, well, they're meant to be smaller questions, but we thought we'd better start with some big ones first. Today, we're examining the question, what is philosophy? Uh, and <laughs> rather, than, so rather than dedicate your life, uh, at least four years of university, uh, thousands and thousands of dollars, or, you know, an online course of 60 hours or more, we thought we'd give it to you in insert amount of time that this podcast takes here. Correct. I would say 18 to 19 minutes later, or from now, you'll, you'll just be able to answer that question. You'll be able to just write that down. Here's the answer to what is philosophy. By all accounts, an insufficient amount of time, but we're going to give you some, some, some hopefully some, some legs to stand on, some premises to build on. Yeah, that's so. it. Um, we, we have a goal in the future to be looking at some smaller bite-sized things, and uh, we wanted to start doing that today, but then we thought, you know, we're sort of putting the cart before the horse in many ways. Uh, and so philosophy really is the horse of all our carts, on this podcast as such we thought we'd better jump on that horse and ride it over hill and dale and reach some kind of conclusion about it so what comes to mind when you hear the word philosophy uh for me like philosophy is i think of very much like a mental exercise like a lot of thinking about how to approach issues like kind of trying to construct a framework of like how do i how should I be thinking about things? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, when I when I think about it, we're probably considering the questions that are above the things we do day in, day out. You know, we can get stuck in the minutiae of existence of just the, the needs and wants of the now. and But then sometimes you do often consider, well, why am I doing that? Why do I want that? Why do I pursue that? And I guess that's the meta, the question above uh, our existence. So when I often think of philosophy, that's how I think of it, is that it's the, it's the view above me. If I could pull my vision out of my skull and look down on myself and ask questions about my existence, that's what I'm doing when I, when I practice philosophy. A terrifying and yet very apt image. Yeah, I think about it like I think about when I was doing uh, studying uh, political science like very early on, like in like I think the first year classes, um, and you're doing all these philosophy readings and mm-hmm. wondering like why why I, I didn't take philosophy, I'm taking political science, but you realize that you know it's about, it's about stepping back and looking at your understanding of something as broad as like what is human nature? Are humans good by nature or are humans bad by nature? It informs a lot of subsequent decisions so if you think all human beings are wonderful and we all get along if if restrictions are just lifted from us and we can just be ourselves our true selves that's a very different system of government than if you think like everyone's just waiting to club somebody else to death uh, (laughs) and steal all their uh their their gold and food um then yeah you need a very different kind of system in place for that so it's like yeah this idea of stepping back beyond ourselves and asking these these broader questions i think inform the motives behind a lot of these smaller questions as we go along. Yeah, because you, you just used an example there from political science and, you know, that's a question about how we organise societies. And 
if we look around the world and we look through history, you're just seeing a list or you're seeing examples rather of people proposing and challenging ways of organizing a society. So we might look at the Soviet Union, the Ming Dynasty, uh, various governmental forms throughout history. These are all philosophical things really because they're asking bigger questions about our, our lives, our individuality, our place within society, etc., etc. So really these are big questions. And I think often philosophy is associated with big questions. Where do you want to pivot to next in this discussion of philosophy? Yeah, well, I think, okay, so if we've said that philosophy is about big questions, we've said that philosophy is about proposing and challenging our understanding of what we do, who we are, our place in the world. Maybe we can break it into a few things that make up philosophy and the search for meaning or truth. So one area that philosophers define is metaphysics. And it's interesting because we just sort of mentioned the idea of a meta before, something above or beyond that's looking in on something. And metaphysics is exactly that. It's essentially what is the nature of our reality. So common questions would be saying like, okay, uh, you know, how do we know we exist? What should we be pursuing? What are the things that uh, make a life worth living? Is there a God above us? Is there some infinite uh, being that dictates what we do, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole, is this where like the matrix as a movie, sort of <laughs> the idea of like, are we, are, am I perceive is what I'm perceiving around me actually my reality? Am I actually on a podcast right now recording uh, from my apartment or am I actually plugged in as like a battery waiting for uh, Keanu Reeves to, to save me? Yeah. Well, the Matrix is actually a really good example of, I guess, a philosophical movie, right? Because it's, it is, as you say, what is reality in that question? So there the premise of that movie, yeah, Keanu Reeves is just bombing around, living his life, thinking that he's just uh, this humble computer programmer, but then in reality, he's yeah plugged into a machine. And I suppose metaphysics is looking at that philosophical question of well, how do you define what a reality is? Because in that example, for Keanu, he was living two realities: the reality of his his life in the office as an office drone, and then his life plugged into the machine. He was also living the reality of Keanu Reeves, the actor, who was yeah. acting in the movie. <laughs> I, was, I was really enjoying how we were talking about him, just like, he's Keanu. Like, we're just, <laughs> it's not the character he's playing. This is Keanu Reeves' life. <laughs> A humble Canadian, not sure what to do. An actor at times, working in office at other times, uh, <laughs> suddenly told by Lawrence Fishburne of all <laughs> yeah well, that's crazy wearing the wearing the coolest sunglasses uh, to ever exist the, do, do you remember those the sunglasses the oh arm. yeah like the no the no arms you just kind of like no put arms. them on your, your eyes yeah and as long as you don't move at faster than a sit then you'll uh, they'll stay on no problem yeah I think like I never wore any glasses like that but I feel like there's no like the angle, there'd be like a solar panel. They'd be flicking back and forward, sort of moving it, and it wouldn't sit straight like the way you want them to sit. It would, mm. that, yeah, that was that was insane. I mean, cool factor ten, practicality factor probably zero. Yeah, I mean, I have what can only be described as a huge head. So I think wearing glasses <laughs> like that would just be like it would just be hilarious. Like they would basically just just cover like the the the, the actual eyeball itself. <laughs> 
and there would just be so much of your head that the arms and like the rest of the lens and the rims all cover that it would just be it would be obnoxious. I'm sure there's like, some great metaphysical uh, questions about even just the nature of those little sunglasses and the whole reason for their existence. Uh, yeah, why are like, they so cool? Yeah, what is it? What is cool? So, what are some other realms of uh, philosophy that that would make up our discussion of, of philosophy as a as a topic? What would a, what else would there be? Well, I guess one that we do a lot in this podcast, um, and as a teacher and a former teacher, I think about it quite a bit, is the idea of epistemology. It's like these these questions about about the nature uh, of knowledge. So how how do we know what we think that we know? Can we know mm-hmm. anything? What is knowledge? Is our knowledge knowable what is the scope of what we can know you know what is truth all these kinds of big ideas yeah i mean we're often talking about that as you say and i think a lot of our evaluative uh discussion we've had on this podcast has been about that exactly we're often talking about okay what makes this a good model for a decision uh what makes this knowledge trustworthy or not trustworthy so epistemology is is interested in those questions those philosophical questions which again it's sort of a meta thing as well. It's sitting outside of knowledge and asking questions about that. Yeah, and I think you know, it, it's probably worth pausing too and, and just recognizing that and this takes me back to, a, again, a philosophy course I took in university. And I remember a lot of these topics can leave you feeling like there there is nothing because it's always questioning everything. Like, well, how do you know that you know anything? Mm-hmm. Well, I just I just, I feel like I'm, I know by, my name is Aaron. I'll go, how do you know that that's... <laughs> that you're a you and you're not like a part oh gosh so it can, like send, it can send you down this really weird swirl and i remember finding it very helpful having a conversation with one of my professors at the time and and asking like why do you why do people pursue this like i, I take it i understand what they thought was like i wanted to do this philosophy of ethics sort of thing and he was like well because we people believe that there there are in fact answers out there so it's not meant to necessarily be i mean sure there are schools of philosophy that are very nihilistic and believe in nothing and we can't know anything and but i think for the for a lot of this it's not just about posing the question to show that you're smart or that you can poke holes in somebody else's arguments but for example with the epistemology and wondering like can we know anything well obviously on this in this podcast in our day-to-day lives we assume that yes we can know things uh, so you can end up like spinning your tires in a really frustrating or almost depressing sort of way being like, oh, no, is anything real? Whoa. Um, <laughs> that's right. And yeah. I think that's probably the dime store um, uh, version of philosophy in some ways, because as you just said, it's and you're in that undergraduate study environment, you, you're you encountering this for the first time, perhaps. And then you go, oh, well, yeah, why would you ask these questions? You know, this is this seems so nihilistic, perhaps, as you mentioned, and and philosophy is actually trying to answer questions. And I actually get more confidence about, and I get more certain about the world through philosophy, I think. I think I find it that it actually gives me the tools to answer these big questions or attempt to answer these big questions. Whereas when you're trying to look at these questions, otherwise it is, how do you not fall into this pit of nihilism? Because they are so big and there is so much stuff we can't know. And I think philosophy is trying to actually give us more certainty, ironically, by acknowledging its own uncertainty about things, but still offering answers, finding ways to answers. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know why, but for some reason, the, the metaphor of like shaking a pan for gold sort of comes to mind. <laughs> where like every once in a while things are settled and you're kind of like you're, you're, you're on this surface, like looking 
through here and be like, is there, what, what is there here? How do I navigate this situation? But then philosophy every once in a while will kind of shake that pan and remind you that there's, there's actually more going on. There's other ways of thinking about it. If it all settles the same, then that's fine. But it, it was good to give that pan a shake. I don't know. Having never panned for gold before, uh, I await all the, all the Klondike um, <laughs> listeners out there, all the, all the old prospectors coming yeah, to the surface. Yeah. Like, now this guy's speaking my language and they turn yeah. us up on the old wireless. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now I understand. Well, that, that might have been the, as you often say, the, the, the right metaphor for the right person at the right time. And, uh, you know, it might have really got through to someone there. So philosophy is also interested in something called value theory, which for many of us is probably getting a bit closer to our own lives and in terms of maybe a more applicable uh, use of philosophy. Uh, so value theory is sort of generally divided into two. One area being ethics. So this is where philosophy is trying to give us answers or a, or a way to find answers about the judgments that we make in life. So what what do uh, certain crimes deserve as a punishment? Is it right to kill someone in revenge uh, for some slight on you? Those sort of things. So philosophy is examining ethics, but it's also looking at aesthetic judgments as well. So why do we find one piece of architecture more quote-unquote beautiful than another? Why would we find one art piece something that should be judged as beautiful or not? So philosophy is looking, looking at aesthetics and looking at ethics and this, this value theory. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, these are two very fascinating parts of philosophy. Like you said at the, at the beginning there, they're, they're probably a lot more practical for our day-to-day lives instead of sort of pondering and going, it's still, there's still a little bit of that meta, like stepping outside yourself because it's, for, the, for ethics in particular, you're, you're taking a pause to think about not sort of what's your automatic reaction, um, but what framework should you potentially use to make decisions that sort, of, that sort of maybe could be shared by others or should be, should be used regardless of your own maybe personal emotion at the time. So, yeah. for, for example, uh, Emmanuel Kant in his deontology would suggest that like, you can judge your decision-making by what if everyone behaved the same way? Would that be a world that you'd want to live in or a world that would be sustainable? So again, if everyone just, if every time someone was killed, someone had to avenge their death by killing another person, well, then that logically would create a cycle of violence that would never end. Um, maybe we're, maybe we live in that right now, unbeknownst <laughs> to us. Um, yes. But that would be in theory an, an, an unsustainable uh, unsustainable sort of uh, situation to be in. Um, yeah, that's right. And th- that way of examining a problem there, you just gave that great example of of you know a revenge killing um, logically follows that all would everyone would be killed eventually based on on that um, equation that, that brutal equation. Uh, but laws are being changed and written all the time. Decisions about uh, the design and function of products is is decided all the time. So even at those much more nitty gritty level, those same larger questions are being asked. When a law is written and passed through parliament, there is a philosophical decision has been made there at some point that that has answered that question and a law or whatever it happens to be has answered that question for you. Yeah, absolutely. And we often don't, t- don't stop to think about like what's the, because again, sometimes decisions can just be made on the backs of other decisions. So yes. philosophy allows us to like go look back at the, the root of that tree or whatever shake the old pan 
Shake the band. You can't see me on, on camera just shaking the band. Uh, <laughs> this tree should, should stand up or if it should fall down. So with that being said, you know, the pan being our metaphor here, but the, the philosopher does have a set of tools and they, you know, and this is something that's been developed through the history of philosophy, which is its use of logic and the development of logic and reason because the philosopher looks to try and find answers and so therefore a tool set has to be created. So yes, another aspect of philosophy or what is philosophy is is the use of logic and various tools of reasoning and that'll be something we'll look to get into in the future, uh, maybe looking at some of those specifics. Beyond that, to sort of try and wrap up, uh, I think one thing to remember is that almost any topic can have a philosophical bedrock. Uh, philosophy over time has found uh, big questions and looked to answer those questions and, and anything you can really think of. There can be a philosophy of film, a philosophy of sport, there's philosophy of technology, because all these things exist, but why do they exist and, and what are the, some of the things that underpin them? Um, so that can't be forgotten either. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, just, it's worth stressing that, the, again, the purpose is to try and answer these questions and to... To, and, and to deal with the implications of those potential answers as opposed to just posing them to be in this sort of pseudo-intellectual uh, hole-poking uh, yeah, right. position. Yeah, because um, it can feel so... Um, I, I, look, I remember when I was an insufferable teenager and in my early 20s, I thought, you know, asking that question of, like, well, are we even really here? You felt really smart and, like, you tapped into something. But you're really, it's not intelligent at all. The real intelligence is finding that question and then trying to answer it and, and knowing that you can find some answer there. Yeah. And I, again, I think part of would be the, the challenge, though, is it's, it's also just about intent. Like, I think there is something to be said for asking those questions. Like, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, mm -hmm. I find those, the, that, that kind of person very insufferable as well. Um, I also dislike 20 something John. <laughs> <laughs> no one liked him. No one liked. <laughs> no, and so I went through the. I think actually it's a normal phase, especially yeah. I think the university almost builds that into us. We, they yeah. give us the ability to be critical first, um, because they, you know, they're challenging assumptions that we've had since we were younger, maybe in like high school and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I do think there's there's part of the challenge of philosophy though, is sometimes you can ask a question and it might take four other philosophers and two other lifetimes to answer that question in, in a kind of a way that's actually solid. So there's something you said for asking the question, but it's, I think it's more about the intent. Cause if you're just, if you're just walking around being like, yeah, but, but how do you know? But, but, <laughs> but what about, how do you, are you sure? Then, then you know, I don't think the intent, it starts to appear like the intent is not to answer the question. The intent is to, is to, I don't even know, show that you, that you, can sort of pretend to think about things. Yeah, no, I, I like that. It's really good because, and you've you've shown your um, your uh, teaching, uh, you know, background, I suppose, there because it is. It's a that's the intentionality, which is like, I guess the meta on the question, right? It's like, mm. well, there's the question, but then there's the questions about the question. How would it fit into the pan of gold analogy? So, if the <laughs> if a real philosopher's shaking the pan of gold. Yes. Every once in a while, for some else, there's people like the whole society is looking for gold, looking for whatever. Yes, the um, truth or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and the yeah. philosophers like every once in a while, just like just shake that pan up a little bit. That's it. Sound effects brought to you by my mouth. 
as always. Uh, it's one people to think I've actually got the I've assembled like a, a pan here. Yes, <laughs> Folly really studio. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You do have uh, some uh, coconut husks, and uh, we were going to do a scene on horseback later on. But yeah, uh, yeah. we're putting we kept putting the cart before the horse. So um, yeah, I think this non-philosopher, what they do is they come along and they just like stick their finger in the pan and just mm. like burp, just like yeah, burp, <laughs> the pan. <laughs> which is perfect that's what we're doing we're just finger in the pan man that's what oh, we're doing i hate that metaphor now that you've yeah. said three words like that um but anyways yeah we have gone off topic and we're over our our a lot of 19 uh, minutes all right uh thanks everyone hope you enjoyed that little uh attempt to answer the question what is philosophy uh and it's something we're going to keep coming back to is these uh questions and uh trying to have a bit of an answer for them yeah and we'll, and we'll start looking at more of the tools that philosophers use to answer some of these questions which will inevitably teach us more about what philosophy is um as we go along the way thanks for listening 